Bibles, <clears throat> and uh, if you'll if you'll uh, stand, if you're able to stand, that is, uh, out of respect for the reading of God's Word, Numbers chapter twenty in your Bibles today. <clears throat> Numbers chapter twenty, and uh, <clears throat> let me grab this water. <clears throat> Amen. Number chapter 20, verse number one. The Bible says, Then came the children of Israel, even the whole congregation, into the desert of Zin. In the first month, and the people abode in Kadesh, and Miriam died there and was buried there. And there was no water for the congregation. And they gathered themselves together against Moses and against Aaron. And the people chode with Moses and spake, saying, Would God that we had died when our brethren died before the Lord? And why have you brought up the congregation of the Lord into this wilderness that we and our cattle should die there? And wherefore have you made us to come up out of Egypt to bring us unto this evil place? It is no place of seed or figs or vines or pomegranates. Neither is there any water to drink. And Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly under the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, and they fell upon their faces, and the glory of the Lord appeared unto them. And the Lord said, and the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Take the rod, and gather thou the assembly together, thou and Aaron thy brother, and speak ye unto the rock before their eyes, and it shall give forth his water. And thou shalt bring forth to them water out of the rock, so that uh, so thou shalt give the congregation and their beasts drink. And Moses took the rod from before the Lord as he commanded him. And Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation together before the rock, and he said unto them, Hear now, ye rebels, must we fetch you water out of this rock? And Moses lifted up his hand, and with his rod he smote the rock twice. And the water came out abundantly, and the congregation drank, and their beast also. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron, Because ye believe me not to sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel, therefore ye shall not bring this congregation into the land which I have given them. This is the water of Meribah, because the children of Israel strove with the Lord, and he was sanctified in them. You may be seated this morning. And I want to talk to you just a little bit today. On that subject, speak to the rock. Speak to the rock. We'll say a lot of things, but that's what I want you to get today is that thought. Speak to the rock. It's what God told Moses to do, isn't it? Speak to the rock. And uh, and uh, now, <clears throat> I'm going to be honest with you. You may not go home saying that was the best message you ever heard preacher preach, but I don't know when I preach some more important message than I'm going to preach this morning. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be preachy or teachy. I have no idea, but I do know this. If somebody could get the truth that the Word of God gives us here in Numbers chapter 20, it would literally change your life today. And so we're going to pray and ask the Lord to help us because how many know we need His help today, don't we? Uh, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Spirit of the Holy One come down, all will be in vain. And so we're going to ask Jesus to help us this morning. And then we'll get right into the Bible study today, and I hope it'll be a help uh, to you. Keep your Bibles open there to number chapter 20, because we're going to go back there in just a moment. 
And I want to, boy, I want everybody to hear me out. I want all of our young people to really pay attention today and hear me out. Let's go to the Lord in prayer at this time. Father, thank you for being so good to us. And thank you for the privilege of being back at Calvary again today. Thank you for the great song service and the music. And uh, Lord, thank you that we've been reminded that my Redeemer lives. He, he's not dead. He's alive. He's well. He's a risen, resurrected Savior. And Father, for that, we're very very thankful and grateful and excited. And uh, Lord, we're asking you now to manifest your presence here today. God, in such a way that when people even come close to the property, they'll know, Lord, there's something different here. And the thing that they realize is different, may it be you. And I pray that, Lord, they'll focus their attention on you. And that's really what you were instructing Moses here to do, was to, to focus his attention and the attention of the people on you. I pray that you'll direct our thoughts and the intents of our heart and our words today. We pray for power from on high. And God, I pray that you'll save any, if there's any here today under the sound of my voice and or maybe in the junior church service and they've never been born again. God, I pray today would be the day they'd come to know Christ as their personal Savior. Encourage us, instruct us today. We love you, we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. And for his sake, amen and amen. Now, I don't know if you noticed it uh, as we read our scripture this morning. We just read, I think, uh, uh, about 13 verses. And I don't know if you noticed it or not, but I wanted you to notice here this morning that Moses, the man of God here, is going through a very, very emotional time. Now, we'll show it to you in just a, uh, just a moment. But I want to say that fortunately, fortunately, most of us won't go through all these as Moses did at the same exact time. But Moses did. Moses uh, went through all these things that I'll draw out in just a moment. He sort of went through them simultaneously. And sometimes problems are like that. Uh, sometimes, uh, sometimes problems, uh, you know, they come all at one time. They're almost like a a flock of birds. They, they seem to all arrive all at the same time. You've heard this statement, when it rains, it pours. Uh, and you know what? You have, you have something go wrong. And then all of a sudden, before you know it, the next day, something else goes wrong. And, and you're thinking, Lord, can anything else happen? And sure enough, guess what? The next day it does. And, uh, and you know what? You're thinking, you know, why is everything happening all at once? And, and you know what, church? Sometimes things are, are like that. And I believe the Lord uh, gives us this story so we can understand that truth and so we can see all these things that really are unfolding at the very exact same time in Moses' life. Now, we know this. We know that these things happened uh, and are written for our admonition today. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 11, now all these things happen unto them for in samples, and they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. And so, uh, boy, I'm glad. Uh, we know that Old Testament is an illustration of New Testament truth. Uh, and so uh, I'm thankful that God gives us a great picture here, number chapter 20, of how things may unfold in your life. Now, this was a long time ago, granted, back in Moses' day, many, many thousands of years ago, but the truth of the matter is, the truth that we're gonna learn out of Numbers chapter 20 from then is still relevant today. Uh, I promise you it is, and I promise you that'll help you. Now, let's look at Moses a little bit today. Now, I want you to notice some things, some serious things that are happening in the life of Moses, and I'll go through these quickly. How about this? Number one, we see death. We see death. 
Uh, did you notice there? In Numbers chapter 20, verse number one, the Bible says, Then came the children of Israel, even the whole congregation, into the desert of Zin in the first month, and the people abode in Kadesh, watch, and Miriam <coughs> died there and was buried there. Now, is that important? Very important because that's Moses' sister. And uh, Moses is very close to Miriam. And the Bible says that Miriam dies. And not only does she die, and not only does Moses have to bury her, but get this now, he has to leave her behind. You understand they're not home. They're in the wilderness, the Bible says. Uh, and Miriam dies, and they, they bury her there. Can you imagine as Moses uh, buries Miriam in this far and away place and uh, as they erect some kind of a tombstone there? And, uh, and, and probably in Moses' eye, he'll say, you know what, I'll never be back this way again. I'll never be able to, to, uh, to visit this uh, burial site again. It could be that when we come back this way, it'll be gone. It could be that it'll be covered up with sand. And, uh, and I just said that to say this, all oh, the emotion of losing a loved one. And the emotion of leaving a loved one behind. There's something about that. I mean, man, if you want something that's going to tax you emotionally, experience death. And uh, now, we know it's coming. We can preach about it. We can teach about it. We can pray about it. I mean, we can, we can uh, encourage one another. And we, and we ought to do all those things. But the truth is, brother, when death comes, it's just hard. I mean, it's hard. It don't matter if it's you. It doesn't matter if it's a pastor. It doesn't matter if it's a deacon. It doesn't matter who. Brother, it's just hard. I mean, death is hard. Listen, I don't know how many times I've been at funerals for people who, who maybe I didn't even know the loved one in the casket that much, but I knew the family. And you know what, boy, I felt myself choking back the tears. You know what, boy, I could feel their emotion. I could feel their sadness. I could feel, I, I, I could feel their, their emptiness. And then also we see death. How about this? Number two, we see deficiency. We notice here in Numbers chapter 20 that there is a lack. And not only a lack, but we notice there is a lack of something very, very important. And it's called Water. Look, if you will, at Numbers chapter 20, verse number two. The Bible says, and there was no water for the congregation. And they gathered themselves together against Moses and against Aaron. So again, we're, we're, we see a, a very emotional time uh, for the leader Moses here. We see death. Uh, we see deficiency. But how about this? Number three, it gets worse. We see disagreement. Uh, we see disagreement. Now, it's one thing, it's one thing for people to disagree but it's another thing when they begin to display that disagreement. When our kids were growing up, they had the permission to disagree. But they better be careful how they display, display that disagreement. And so you may not always agree with all the decisions that mom and dad make, and that's fine. You're your own person. But as long as you're living in my home and eating my food and, uh, and I'm paying the doctor bills and everything else, you better be careful how you show that display. Yeah. Amen, that's right. And so uh, understand that Moses already has an empty place in his heart. His sister has just died. He's buried her in the wilderness in a far and away place. Not only that, but there's no water to drink uh, and there, there, there's no water to quench their thirst. But then we see disagreement. Uh, and, uh, and, and notice this, notice how they disagreed. Look, if you will, at Numbers chapter 20, verse three. The Bible says, and the people Chode. And I want you to notice that word. And the people chode with Moses and spake, saying. That word chode there means, it means to debate. It means to quarrel. 
Oh, man, and nothing worse than a bunch of folks that are just quarreling all the time and fussing and fighting. Y'all know what I'm talking about? You've been to some family reunions or some family get-togethers and all the family wanted to do was quarrel. All the family wanted to do was fuss. And, and, uh, and you're thinking, man, I should have stayed home. I mean, uh, and by the way, we all know there's, there's some churches like that occasionally where all they want to do is fuss and all they want to do is quarrel. And you know what? You're never going to accomplish much for God when all you want to do is just fuss and fight and fume and, uh, and always disagree with everything. And, uh, and we notice here that they're debating and not only debating, but we notice it's verbal. The Bible says, and the people chose with Moses and spake. They didn't keep it to themselves. I mean, they were speaking out openly and they were spreading uh, dissension and contention and, and discord. And, uh, and so you see where I'm going with this? And so Moses, man, oh my goodness. Uh, Moses has just went through the death of a loved one. He just buried her in the ground. Not only that, but there, there's deficiency. There's no water to drink. Not only that, but there's disagreement, but it goes further than that. We see also disapproval. You see, things move from disagreement to criticism. And so now they're not only going, going from being, you know what, where they disapprove, but now, boy, now, I mean, they're speaking it openly. And basically what they're telling Moses is this, you're stupid. I mean, uh, read it, and we'll read it here in just a moment, but basically what they're saying to Moses is, what kind of leader are you? I mean, man, when we got you, we got a loser. I mean, you are a loser, a number one loser. And uh, now look what they said, Numbers chapter 20 and verse number three. And the people chode with Moses and spake, saying, Would God that we had died with our brethren uh, when our brethren died before the Lord? And why have ye brought up the congregation of the Lord into this wilderness that we and our cattle should die there? And wherefore have ye made us to come out of, uh, up out of Egypt and to bring us uh, in unto this evil place? It is no place of seed or of figs or of vines or of pomegranates. Neither is there any water to drink. In other words, you are a terrible excuse for a leader. That's what they're saying. Uh, this is all your fault. This wouldn't be happening. If it, I mean, if, if it wasn't for you, we'd be back in paradise. Don't get, forget what paradise was. Paradise was the slime pits and the brickyards uh, where, where Pharaoh's making them make these huge bricks and they're slaves. They have little to eat and they have little to drink and they have little to wear and they, they are a oppressed, oppressed people. But now, but now they're in the wilderness and you know what, now Egypt, boy, Egypt's great. And now, well, we, we wish we were back in the slime pits again. And we wish we were trudging through the mud pits again and making those, those bricks again. And so we notice here, we notice disapproval. Now, I want, you to, I want you to notice this, church, that during this emotional time, we notice Moses making some very wise choices. And I want you to really follow me on this. Look at Numbers chapter 20 and verse number six. The Bible says in Moses... And Aaron went from the presence of the assembly unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation and they fell upon their faces and the glory of the Lord appeared unto them. Two things right there. Number one, we notice that Moses went from the trouble. Did y'all see that? 
And Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly. They went from the trouble. They went from the troublemakers. Listen, before things got worse, you know what they did? They removed themselves from the trouble. By the way, that is great counsel. That is great wisdom. Listen, when you've got problems that are heaping on you and you've got people that are saying things about you and you've got folks that are criticizing you and you've got people trying to draw you down or they're trying to slam you or slam your family, they're trying to get you riled up, they're trying to stir up a fight, they're trying to stir up a stink. Listen, did you know that one of the best things you'll ever do is just get away from them? I got no time for troublemakers and critics. And uh, you know what? Usually critics, uh, usually critics are not, are, are usually critics are the ones not doing anything. They're the ones that always want to criticize the choir. They always want to criticize the, the, the Sunday school lesson. They always want to criticize the grounds. Uh, but yet you never find them here on work days and you never come in, uh, never find them coming to choir practice and you never find them studying a Sunday school lesson yet. They're always the ones that want to criticize and bicker and, and, and find little things. And, and I'm just saying, brother, I don't have time for that kind of stuff. I don't have time for that kind of, that kind of negativity and uh, I'm going to get away from that. And brother, that's exactly what we see Moses doing. He, he he avoids, he avoids the trouble. And by the way, did you know this morning, church, that avoiding is a clear Bible teaching? Yeah. Romans 16, 17, I'll read it for you. Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you have learned and avoid them. Second uh, Timothy chapter two, verse number 23. But foolish and unlearned questions avoid, knowing that they do gender strifes. Titus chapter 3, verse number 9. But avoid foolish questions and genealogies and contentions and strivings about the law, for they are unprofitable and vain. I'm just telling you, man, if all you, now listen, if you've got something constructive that you want to bring to me and we'll, we'll work on it and, and it'll make our choir better or it'll make the Sunday school better or it'll make your family better or it'll make your marriage better, uh, then that's good. Let's meet and let's, let's get her done, brother. Let's get her done. But if all you want to do is criticize and downgrade and, and, uh, and bad mouth and I'm just telling you brother I don't have time for that I'm, amen brother I ain't staying around that kind of stuff and I don't care if it's church I don't care if it's family I don't care if it's friends I don't care if it's work brother I'm not staying around trouble amen that's good preaching this morning and so we notice here that Moses went from the trouble but number two oh I like it we notice Moses went to the tabernacle. Did y'all see that? Now look at it again, if you will. In Numbers chapter 20, verse six, and Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the, of the gossips and the criticizers and the complainers and the murmurers from the presence of the assembly unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. What was that? That was the temple, the house of God, if you will, the house of God. That's what it was, the house of God. And may I say this morning, that's a good choice. 
That's a good choice. <laughs> That's a little weak this morning, but I'm going to tell you what, brother, that is a good choice. To leave the trouble and go to the tabernacle. Oh, yes, 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 yes. To leave the troublemakers and the critics and, and the naysayers and get to the house of God where you can get some help and you can get some sustenance and you can get some strength. I told one of our folks the other day, I'm so proud of them and I can see growth in their Christian life. And they said, preacher, I was going through a, I was going through a difficult time and uh, was having a tough week and, and, uh, and preacher, just telling you, I didn't want to be here. I was going to, listen, I wasn't going to come. I'd already made my mind. I wasn't going to come. But th they said, but I knew I needed to be here. I knew I did. I didn't have the right spirit. didn't have the right, the right mindset. But I knew I needed to be here. And I came on anyway. And by the way, while they were here, God blessed. And God ministered. And I want to say, brother, that shows Christian growth. And that shows, uh, that shows maturity. And may I say this morning, church, listen, when times are tough, that's when you need the tabernacle of the congregation. When times are rough and the burdens are coming and the storm clouds are brewing, listen, that's when you need good music and that's when you need good fellowship and that's when you need Bible preaching, man. When the bottom is falling out, don't stay away from the tabernacle. Man, run to the house of God. Somebody said, somebody said that preaching is counseling on a group scale. And that is so true. That's what preaching is. It's just good counsel. And sometimes, sometimes, folks will come in, man, just, I mean, life falling apart. And they'll come in the, in the office and they'll say, preacher, we're in a mess. I mean, I mean, we're in a mess. And I don't know any way out of this. And what do you think we ought to do? And they'll tell me their issue. And I'm thinking, in my mind, I'm thinking, we just covered that Sunday. We just covered that in the Sunday service. Would have been nice if you'd have been here. Now, uh, listen, I'm just, uh, this is all I'm saying, brother. Listen, uh, when you're having a difficult time, by the way, that's exactly why, that's exactly why the enemy fights so hard to keep you from coming. Listen, when my cell phone, when I look at my cell phone and that little battery symbol is blinking and it's red, you know what I'm talking about? It's got that little red outline. You know what I know I'm going to have to do? If I want to keep using that cell phone and it to be useful, you know what I've got to do? I've got to plug it in. I have got to get it to the charger because if I don't get it to the charger pretty soon, you know what, before long, it's going to go dark. It's going to be useless. I'm not going to make a phone call. I'm not going to be able to send a text. Now, wait a minute, how, wait a minute. You say, preach, why is that? Because, brother, when the devil sees your little battery light flashing and he knows you're low on, on power and he knows you're discouraged and he knows you're fighting, uh, you're fighting the battle and you're at the bottom, you know what, the devil is going to do everything he can to try to keep you from the charger. But that's all I'm saying, man. Don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. You run here, you get plugged in, you let God start charging your battery. And by the way, only he can do it. Hey, Moses went from the trouble and to the tabernacle. And by the way, I don't know this for sure, but I'm pretty sure Moses was not in the frame, the right frame of mind here. I mean, after putting up all this nonsense, He's already just buried a sister. She's in the ground. He's grieving over that. But right in the midst of his grieving, he's got uh, two and a half million Israelites that are complaining. 
and saying, we want something to drink. We want something to drink. I need something to drink for my mule. And I need something to drink for my camel. And my goats need something to drink. And my kids want something to drink. And, and they're thirsty. And, and we need water. And, and, uh, and what kind of leader are you? And I mean, that you'd bring us out here into this wilderness. And, and, and Moses has got all these things. And I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure that Moses wasn't singing, what a fellowship, what a joy divine. But he went to the tabernacle. Did y'all see what happened? Did y'all see? Look at it again. Numbers chapter 20, verse six. And Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly <clears throat> under the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, probably not in the right frame of mind, and they fell upon their faces. Watch now. Look what happened. And the glory of the Lord appeared unto them. Now, wait a minute now. You say, preacher, it didn't want to come, but it came. You let God do the rest. And if you'll be faithful, hey, guess what? God can manifest his glory. And God can give you some encouragement. And God can, God can charge you and, and God can help you. And so, boy, thankfully, we see during this emotional time, we see Moses making some very wise, wise choices. By the way, the same kind of choices that you ought to make. When they're jumping all over you at work, they know you're a Christian. They're just trying to get you stirred up, Brandon. We don't ever hear this old boy cuss. And so we're going to do everything we can to try to get him so mad that he'll cuss. So when he cusses, we can say, hey. Yep, you're right. And so, and so what should he do? When the, when the, he should move himself away from the trouble. If that's all they want to do, just stir something up. If all your family wants to do is stir something up. Listen, sometimes you have to love people, but you have to love them from a distance. Do you know that? There's not anybody in this church, church family, not anybody in my family that I hate, not one. I don't believe you can be saved and actually hate somebody. But I will tell you this, there are some people I love from a distance. I don't stay around them. You know why? I don't want them rubbing off on me. I don't need that kind of negativism. I don't need that kind of, listen, I don't want to, listen, brother, I don't want to become a gossip. And I'm just saying that, brother, he moved himself from the trouble and he moved himself to the tabernacle, but watch this now. But we also see during this emotional time, boy, church, don't miss this. We notice that Moses makes a very unwise decision. We notice here that Moses is commanded to speak to the rock. Did y'all see that? But instead, watch now, we notice that Moses speaks to the people and smites the rock. Now look at our scripture because it's so important. Numbers chapter 20 and verse number seven. The Bible says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Take the rod and gather thou the assembly together, thou and Aaron thy brother. Watch now. And speak ye unto the rock before their eyes and it shall give forth his water, and thou shalt bring forth to them water out of the rock, so uh, thou shalt give the congregation and their beasts drink. And Moses took the rod from before the Lord as he commanded. He got the first part right. And Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation together before the rock. Would you read that next phrase with me? Comma to comma, ready? And he said unto them, wait a minute now, is that what God said do? God didn't say speak to the people. God says, speak to the rock. 
But the Bible says that Moses spoke to the folk and he said unto them, hear now. <laughs> He's fired up, brother. I mean, Moses, I mean, that was the last straw. That one broke the camel's back. I mean, man, Moses said, you know what? I've had it. I've had it. I mean, listen, I've had it. He says, here now, ye rebels, must we fetch you water out of this rock? And Moses lifted up his hand, and with his rod, he smote the rock twice. And the water came out abundantly, and the congregation drank, and their beasts also. Now, I said all that to say this, so hear me out. When you're going through an emotional time, church, make sure that you don't hit the thing that's trying to help. Make sure you don't hit the thing that's trying to help. We call it biting the hand that feeds you. And by the way, he is that hand that feeds you this morning. Do you know that? He is that hand that protects you. He is that hand that blesses you. He is that hand that sustains you. He's that hand that's with you. And here's what I'm, this is all I'm preaching, that a lot of times when the difficulties come and the problems come and the storms of life come, listen now, listen now, oh man, don't miss this. Rather than get mad and angry at the difficulties, you know what happens? We make the mistake of getting mad at God. Instead of smiting the problem and working on the issue and trying to make it better, you know what happens? We get bitter. We get bitter at God. You say, preacher, what do you mean? You know what? A little hard times come, and you know what happens? First thing to go is our Bible. And we say, well, you know what, God? That's not fair. That's, that, that death is not fair. That difficulty is not fair. That storm is not fair. That's not right that you would allow that to happen. It's not right that I would lose a child. It's not right that my motor would blow up. It's not right that my roof would leak. It's not right that we would have problems. It's not right that cancer came into our life. And all of a sudden, you know what we do? Instead of speaking of the rock, we smite the rock and we say, okay, that's it. No more Bible reading. I'm not reading my Bible anymore. I'm not going to the house of God anymore. I'm not going to Sunday school anymore. I'm not going to give out another gospel track as long as I live. And brother, what we're doing is we are actually hurting the hand that feeds us and helps us. Listen, brother, listen, listen. When things are emotional, that is the time to speak to the rock, not smite the rock. Speak to the rock. Hey, church, listen to this. When people are against you, did you know that's the time, according to our, our Bible, that's the time to speak to the rock. Matthew 5, 44. But I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. And pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. And so you know what? what people get, I mean, people get all over you and they're criticizing you and tearing you from limb to limb. And now, wait a minute now. The first thing you want to do is you want to strike back. And so a lot of times we'll either, uh, first of all, we'll strike back at God and then we'll strike back at the person. Oh, really? Well, let me tell you something. And so then you've got problems in your family or you've got problems in your marriage because your wife says something she shouldn't have said and rather than speak to the rock, you speak to the wife. Everybody with me this morning? And so your wife says a little something, and, and, and granted, she shouldn't have said it. And so you say, well, that's, a, that's about a level two. And so, hey, sis, let me see if I can come back with a level three. 
Oh, really? That's right, one up. What do you think about this? And uh, she says, well, I'll tell you one thing. Boy, you're some kind of husband and, and you've never been the husband you ought to be. And you're like, oh, yeah? Well, how about this? And women, how women, how? And if we're not careful, you know what we're doing? We're speaking to the rock. We're, we're, we're smiting the rock instead of speaking to the rock. Oh, listen to me, brother. Uh, when people are against you, that's the time to speak to the rock. That's the time to go to God and say, God, would you help me, God? Would you help them, God? Would you bless them, God? Would you bring us through this, God? We need you. We need you, Lord. It's tough right now. It's difficult right now. It's hard right now. Oh, God, we need you. We need you. Hey, speak to the rock. I think about Job. We were talking about Job in our Sunday school class this morning. And Job's going through. I mean, man, Job is going through it. He's lost all 10 of his kids. There's that death again. He's lost all 10 of his children. We see deficiency again. He's lost his servants. He's lost his home. He's lost his livestock. He's lost his health. He's lost, uh, uh, he's lost really the faithfulness of his wife. And, uh, and, now, and now the Bible says uh, that his friends uh, come to him to comfort him. But to be quite honest, what they do is they begin to tear him from shreds to, uh, from, uh, you know, from shred to shred. And, and, uh, and they come and say, Job, we know why this happened. You're not right with God. I'm just trying to help you, brother. I'm just telling you, get your heart right with God. Well, that's, all, that's always a blessing. When somebody's really going through the fire and you, you come and say, I'll tell you what this is, this is the judgment of God. Let me tell you something, church. Nobody knows that except God. And so we need to leave that ministry to God. Amen. But that's what they did. They came and they said, Joe, we know why this is happening. We know why you've lost your kids. We know why you lost, you lost your homes. We know why you've lost your health. We know. And boy, they begin to just tear him from limb to limb. But wait a minute now. Did you know the Bible says in Job chapter 42, verse number 10, that instead of smiting the rock, Job spoke to it? The Bible says in Job 42, 10, and the Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. And the Bible says, also, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Brother, when Job prayed for those bunch of troublemakers, you know what God said, Job? I'm going to give you twice as much as you used to have. Now, I'm just telling you, church, you know what? If we're not careful, something happens, it's a lot easier to smite than it is to speak. I mean, the trial comes, and man, the first thing we want, I mean, we want to kick, we're looking for the dog. We want to kick him. I mean, we want to, we want to kick somebody. Man, we want to get mad at somebody. We want to, I mean, we got, I got a sign. I got a vent. I got a, I got a say so. I got to speak my mind. I'm going to give them a piece of my mind. And some of you have given so many pieces out, you have very little left. Now, this is all I'm saying, brother. When, the, when difficulties come and problems come, it's very important we speak to the rock instead of smiting the rock. Several years ago, we had a young man in our church who come into our church, and God knows I was trying to help him. And the young, man, the young man had some issues. He had some issues. But he felt like God was calling him to preach. He wanted to preach. And, and the Lord knows I tried to help him. But the guy got so mad. To this day, I don't know what he got so mad at me about. I, honestly, he never, he never came to me and told me. But he just, I mean, brother... I mean, hated my guts. I remember one, one day I came into the church here. I walked into the office. He'd got in, and he had wrote a letter, a, a letter, and he left it on my desk. And man, I'm going to tell you what. He told me 
exactly what he thought. I mean, I was the worst preacher that ever existed, worst pastor ever walked on God's earth. I mean, I was as low as a snake's belly and I deserved to go to hell. And I mean, brother, I mean, just he just let me have it. Did you say, Jew? Did you call him preacher? I ain't calling him preacher. You say, preacher, did you get up behind the pulpit and say, I want to tell you something, church brother so-and-so left a letter in my office and man, he just, I mean, threw me under the bus. I didn't do that. He said, what'd you do? I just spoke to the rock. Amen. I didn't retaliate. Amen. Usually retaliation, you don't gain anything from retaliation. And I just, uh, I think there's a place in there that says don't render evil for evil. Yeah, I, think, I think there's a place in there that says that. And so I didn't do anything. I just, listen, I just spoke to the rock about it. And, uh, and by the way, you know what? Year two, three passed. All of a sudden one day my phone rang. I said, hello. He said, preacher. I knew who it was. He said, preacher. He's crying. He said, I was so wrong. He said, I was so wrong. He said, I apologize. He said, I, he said, I was in the wrong. I wasn't right with God. He said, I, I shouldn't have wrote that letter. I, I shouldn't have said what I said. And he said, preacher, he said, I was so wrong. He said, listen, he said, is there any way, is there any way that I can come back to Calvary? I said, come home, brother, come home, come home. You're welcome, come home. Why? I'll tell you one of the reasons is because, brother, I didn't smite the rock. I spoke to the rock. And when problems come and storms come and difficulties come, brother, make sure that you... Speak to the rock during that time. How about this and we're done? When problems are mounting, that's the time to speak to the rock. Listen to what the psalmist said in Psalm 34 and verse number six. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of his, all his troubles. Listen to what Paul said in Philippians chapter four and verse number six. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer. And supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known unto God. What's that talking about? It's talking about speaking to the rock, brother. That's what it's talking about. And the Bible says, and the Bible says, and, and the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I thought about Paul and Silas. Their backs are bleeding. They're bruised and sore. They, just for preaching the gospel. They've been thrown into a jail in Philippi. And the Bible says, the jailer, having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison. They're in the dungeon. That's where they are. There's probably rats running around. There's probably uh, cockroaches as, 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 as big as a gerbil down. I mean, man, they're, I mean, it's damp and, and, and dusky and dark and, and, and terrible and, and, and smelly and there's no water to drink. There's no food to eat. They've been placed into that, that, that place where the worst of criminals are placed. And now, wait a minute now, and the temptation at that time is to smite the rock. You know what we find in Acts chapter 16? They don't smite the rock. They speak to the rock. Because our Bible says in Acts chapter 16, verse number 25, and at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God and the prisoners hurt them. By the way, you read the rest of that scripture, it wasn't it wouldn't long before brother business picked up. And God sent such an earthquake and the fetters fell off and the stocks came undone. They walked out of that prison house and the whole prison staff got saved, amen. Now why, preacher, I'll tell you why. 
because they made it a point to speak to the rock instead of smiting the rock. John Bunyan from Pilgrim's Progress said this, he who runs from God in the morning will scarcely find him the rest of the day. He also said this, you can do more than pray after you've prayed, but you cannot do more than pray until you've prayed. Now, you'll get that on slow train tomorrow, but y'all watch the live stream. It'll help you. That'll help you right there. He also said this, prayer will make a man cease from sin or sin will entice a man to cease from prayer. I read an article sometime back, but I reread it this week, and it said this, and I hate snakes. Brandon mentioned snakes, handling snakes. Brother, there's one thing that will never happen in this church, and it and that's handling snakes. Y'all start handling snakes, I'm out of here, all right? I don't like snakes. And I especially don't like rattlesnakes. And they're starting to, they're starting to kill a few around this area. And, uh, uh, and I don't like rattlesnakes. But they said something about a rattlesnake that was a little bit, uh, uh, was a little interesting. They said that if you ever corner a rattlesnake, that at times that rattlesnake will get so angry that he'll bite himself. Now, I said that to say this. When problems come and you and I smite the rock and get mad at God, in essence, what we're doing is we're hurting ourselves. We're, we're getting so angry and so emotional. You know what, what we're doing? We're, we're biting ourselves. We're hurting ourselves. The songwriter said it like this. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear, all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. This is all I'm preaching, church. Speak to the wrong. Don't smite him. We're going through a time in our church right now where there's a lot of burdens. There's some storms right now. There's some problems right now. Listen, don't smite him. Don't get mad at God. Well, I'm not reading my Bible anymore. Oh, no. No, don't get mad at God. Don't quit soul winning. Don't quit your ministry. Hey, speak to the rock. Don't smite the rock. I love this. John Fletcher was a well-known preacher back in the days of John Wesley, the great Methodist evangelist. And they said that at times that John Fletcher preached with John Wesley. And they said this. They said that you never met John Fletcher. We never met another Christian without greeting like this. Friend, do I meet you praying? Every time you would see John Fletcher out and he saw somebody, he would say, hey, friend, do I meet you praying? 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 You know what he's saying? Speak to the rock. Pray about everything. Man, are, are you praying about this problem? Are you praying for your family? Are you praying about this? Are you praying about this issue? And somebody says, preacher, okay, all right, okay, preacher, I got it, I got it. But sometimes I don't feel like praying. Well, I'm glad you brought that up. Because I found this, this week as well, and this last thing that I'll say has helped me more this week than anything I found in the last little while. His name was J. Hudson Taylor. 
And J. Hudson Taylor was a great missionary to China. In fact, 51 years he served in the country of China. And someone asked J. Hudson Taylor one time, they asked him if he ever prayed without joy. Brother Taylor, do you ever pray without joy? And listen to what he said. He said, often. Sometimes I pray on with my heart feeling like wood. But he didn't stop there. He said, often too, the most wonderful answers have come when prayer has been a real effort of faith without any joy, whatever. In other words, you know what J. Hudson Taylor was saying? There's been a lot of times I pray when I feel like praying. I didn't have the right spirit, didn't have the right, didn't have the right mind, didn't have the right mindset, didn't want to pray. I was a little angry. I felt like smiting the rock. But instead, he said, you know what I did? My heart felt like wood, but he said, I still went to God. And I unveiled my heart before the Lord. And J. Hudson Taylor said, brother, that was the times when God showed up. Oh, that story made me feel a whole lot better this week. Because I can't tell you how many times I spoke to the rock and I didn't want to speak to the rock. I've had some times when I'd rather call somebody up and bless them out. I've had some times when I wanted to fuss at people. I've had some times when I, I felt like something that happened in our life wasn't fair. That wasn't right. And I wanted to get mad at somebody. I wanted to get mad at God. I wanted to, I wanted to hit something. I wanted to smite the rock. But yet, although I didn't feel like it, my heart probably wasn't where it should have been. I still went to the rock and I said, God, I don't feel much like praying. But this is what's going on in my life. And all of a sudden, you know what happened? My heart started getting softer, Brother Ricky. And all of a sudden, that bad spirit that was there, it started getting lighter and lighter and lesser and lesser. And before I knew it, when I walked out of that prayer closet, <laughs> everything's all right now. There's going to be a lot of times in your life when you'd rather smite something. But the message this morning is this. Speak. Whatever it is. You say, preacher, my... We're done. You say, preacher, my wife didn't treat me right. Speak to the rock. You say, we're heading to the divorce court tomorrow. No, no, no. Speak to the rock. You say, preacher, my boss man said something to me. My employee said something to me. Man, I ought to just fire them tomorrow. Wait a minute now. And you may have to do that, but I'm just saying this. Before you react, speak to the rock. Before you get mad at somebody in the church, Speak to the rock. Lord, I didn't really agree with what Brother Brandon did, but Lord, would you bless him? God, would you help him? God, would you direct him? God, he's young in the ministry. God, would you help him? God, God, would, you, God would you help our church to have a spirit of, of camaraderie and, and brotherly love and, and unity and peace? And, and, uh, and, and so, listen, speak, speak. I wonder this morning, are there some people that need to speak to the rock today? There's some things going on in your life. Maybe they're similar to what went on in Moses' life. And it's so tempting sometimes just get so mad, so bitter. Speak to the rock. Father, we love you. Thank you so much for this time we've had together today. And God, I thank you for this message. It has helped me so much this week personally. I needed it personally. I really did. God, I know this beyond a doubt. We've got some folks right now in our church are going through some storms. 
They're going through some problems. They're going through some burdens. And Lord, the devil comes and the devil says, boy, you ought to get mad about that. That's not right, not fair. God's not right for letting that come into your life. God doesn't really love you. Father, today, help us not to smite, but help us to speak. Help us to take it to the Lord in prayer. Oh, God, help us to pray. Even when we don't feel like praying, God, help us to pray. Help us to bring our burdens before you. And God, help us not to carry it, but help us to let you carry it. I pray that you'll bless in this invitation. And Lord, I ask you to speak to hearts. And I thank you for what you've already done in Jesus' name. And our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed.